Welcome to another episode of Faith, Love, and Therapy, a podcast to encourage and inspire. I'm your host, Jamie Johnson, a therapist working in the field of mental health for the last 10 plus years. I believe this podcast is God-led and God-inspired, and I am so excited about this episode today um, where I am having the opportunity to sit down with and have a conversation through Zoom like we've all been doing um, for so long um, with Miss Sarah, who is in the UK, and um, and talking about the diagnosis of OCD and giving the audience a better picture, I hope by the end of this um, podcast, a better picture of what OCD, obsessive compulsive disorder actually is and how Sarah is living with uh, OCD. And so I just wanna thank you, Sarah, for being a part of today's episode. Um, And just to my audience who um, understands that we talk to a different, a range of individuals. And so their desire to share um, is important to us, but also their privacy is important to us as well. And so we are respecting Sarah's privacy this morning. And, um, but we're still gonna have a fantastic dialogue and I'm excited um, to be here. So thank you, Sarah, for joining me today. Thank you. It's an absolute privilege, Jamie. Um, Yeah, just absolutely thrilled to be here and to share my story. Wonderful. Thank you. Thank you. So let's just start with the beginning. So, well, there's more the beginning in regards to uh, diagnosis. So around what age um, were you formally diagnosed and how did you come to um, to be diagnosed? Yeah, um, I was diagnosed when I was around 22, so my early 20s, um, which I don't think is necessarily uncommon, um, particularly for women to be diagnosed with OCD. But I'd actually, now I look back, I realise I'd been living with it since I was 10 years old. Mm. Um, But it wasn't until I was 22 that um, I had, essentially I had a crisis. So um, I was quite poorly for... Um, a couple of weeks um, I was off sick from work and um, during that time it was actually um, my boyfriend who persuaded me to go and see um, my GP um, which which is the first port of call here in the UK Um, and once I'd seen my GP they said that they believed it would be best for me to go on to talking therapy and it was actually when I was with the therapist that I was diagnosed with OCD um, along with generalized anxiety disorder and depression so I had kind of a a triple whammy there of conditions but it's the OCD which was causing me um, the most difficulty at that time and I suppose that's the condition which has been the most problematic and most prevalent um, in my life Um, And yes, so I've been living with it. I'm now in my um, 30s. So I've been living with it for, I would say, um, yeah, over 20 years from that initial, um, you know, starting point when I was 10 to then diagnosis and then, um, yeah, through to where I am today. Yeah, yeah. So from the age of 10 to about 22 or 22, what were some of the things that you could share that you started or someone noticed, um, but you didn't have a name for it yet? Yeah, I think, um, I mean, really, it's me looking back and noticing it, I guess, because um, mental health wasn't something which was commonly talked about in our family, which I think is common for, you know, a lot of families, sort of particularly in the 90s and early 2000s. Um, But looking back um I actually started when I was 10 with a a physical um checking as part of my OCD so perhaps it it would be worth just explaining that a a little bit more so Mm -hmm. um with OCD um there is the obsession which is often an unwanted um thought or an intrusive thought or this feeling that something terrible is going to happen and then you have the the c part of ocd the compulsion which is something that you do to try and minimize that anxiety and and in your head to try and minimize um the possibility of that actually happening Mm. um so for me when i was 10 
Um, the OCD was triggered because I'd accidentally um, caught part of a horror film or horror movie. Mm. And I was convinced that this monster was going to come and, and sort of, you know, kill me in my sleep. Um, and so I would have to do a physical check of, um, you know, check behind the door, check under the bed, check the window and yeah. check sort of everything. Um and the part of the problem with with OCD is with your compulsions and your rituals. Often, if you um, don't do something in the uh, correct way or in a, a specific order, you have to start again because it has to. You know, OCD is all about um, you know trying to control and trying to prevent um, you know these terrible things from happening, and so. Um, yes, I would do all this checking. And, and that was really the, the first time looking back that I can remember actually experiencing those symptoms. And with OCD as well, you, um, you know, you have the initial obsession, which for me was, oh, my goodness, this horrible monster is going to come and, you know, hurt me in some way. Then it was um, the compulsion of, well, if I do this, then actually that's not going to happen. But the problem is by doing that compulsion, you've reinforced the idea that that obsession is a possibility when in actual fact it, it's not. <laughs> so um, this is where the cycle comes in with OCD because you then become anxious again, you have the obsessive thought again, and then you do the compulsion to try and reduce the anxiety, which reinforces it. And it's really this vicious circle. Um, so that was when I was 10. Um, I would say with the OCD between 10 and 22, it was during stressful points in my life that it really cropped up. Um, and so the next time I, I can kind of remember it happening was when I was around 15, uh, 15, mm -hmm. 16. And in the UK, that's when we do our GCSE exams. Um, so, um, yeah, one of our important sets of exams. OK. And um, yeah, during that time, um, it, it manifested itself more as an intrusive thought and a, um, in terms of a quite a taboo thought. So when I say taboo, you know, they're, um, they're obviously topics that are, are really difficult to talk about. So I'm not sure that I would want to necessarily say what that taboo of thought course. was to everyone listening. But for anyone who has experienced OCD um, or if anyone goes and, and reads about OCD after listening to this episode, then you will probably get an understanding of what some of those themes are. Um, I would just say that it did have a connection to religion. Okay. Um, and essentially, in terms of my checking at that time, it became um, my checking sort of compulsion sorry not my checking compulsion my compulsion was mm -hmm. that I had to um repeat um a specific prayer in a specific way yeah. in order to lessen the anxiety that the thought had brought about so this is another thing with OCD there are so many different types um and it affects people in so many different ways and what I was told by my therapist is that with intrusive thoughts, everyone has them. We've all had a, a really weird thought. Um, yeah. The one she used was, you know, when you see a tiny kitten and you just want to kind of squeeze it to death. Mm. And it, it's really <laughs> weird, but mm. it's kind of like that, that thought. But the problem is when you have OCD, those sort of intrusive thoughts that everyone experiences, you actually believe they um reflect on your personality or reflect on you in a way which you know means you're a bad person or you're going to come to some harm or your family are going to come to some harm um and that's where really it can obviously be quite a, a debilitating condition absolutely yeah I think it's um it's it's good that you say that we all have intrusive thoughts but it's um 
but there's a difference. There's a difference when there's a diagnosis of OCD. And so that kind of leads me to the the thought of, or the discussion about uh, misconceptions about OCD. Cause I hear it often um, where some, you know, individuals will just kind of joke and say, oh, that's my OCD. And in my brain, I'm like, no, <laughs> you know, where they just say, you know, I have to be really clean. It's, it's different. Um, it's just not, I like to clean it. There's a different element of that. Um, and so could you share some of the things that you hear or some of the misconceptions um, that you've identified or seen um, with uh, the diagnosis of OCD versus how people are just kind of like just using it um, to describe um, maybe strong conviction or something that really um, they're really intense about? Yeah, absolutely. And I think that um, first thing you've mentioned, Jamie, is is probably one of the things we hear all the time about cleanliness. Oh, um, you know, I like things to be tidy. I like things to be neat, orderly and clean. I've got OCD. Um, and it's like, oh, you know, you can't put that in that place because, um, yeah, it's sort of, of my OCD. And there is a huge difference because, um, you know, many of us like to be clean, tidy, orderly and neat. Yes. But the majority of us probably don't think that if we don't do our cleaning or order things in a certain way, that some terrible harm is going to befall us. And mm -hmm. that right. really is the difference, um, you know, that essentially yeah with with OCD people using it to describe themselves as an adjective that's really not what OCD is um it's a, you know a complex mental health condition which can cost people their lives you know you putting your um you know cup in the cupboard in a different way is not going to be the same as someone um, believing that they, if they don't, for example, put their cups in the cupboard with the handles facing the right way, that, um, you know, their child might die. And that's what we're talking about here, this huge difference yeah. um, between liking things to be a certain way and believing that if things don't happen in a certain way, then something dreadful and awful um, is going to happen. So the cleanliness one is, is a huge one. Similarly, the OCD is just washing your hands. Um, there are many different types of OCD and hand washing can obviously be one of those um, compulsions, the rituals mentioned earlier. Um, but actually, the type of OCD that I have now, um, I mentioned earlier about sort of physical checking and that being part of my compulsion. Mm -hmm. But now um, my OCD has taken the form where I will mentally check. So I now have a form of OCD called pure OCD, where it is all of the compulsions are internalised. They're all in your mind. Mm. And so the idea that it's just hand washing I say just hand washing obviously for people who have that as their compulsion I don't mean to diminish that because that's extremely important for them as part of their cycle um but the idea that that is the only thing that comprises OCD is just um completely wrong and I think most people, when they say these things, you know, in common parlance, OCD, as I said earlier, it has just become an adjective. Mm -hmm. And I do think it's a lack of education rather than any particular malice, which is why I wanted to come onto the podcast today. Um, because, you know, the more that people understand that this is a really life-changing life-impacting and life-threatening condition um you know the less people will be saying oh I'm I'm a bit OCD you can't just be a bit OCD it, it consumes your life um yeah. and also I think the the other thing is I mean just as an example the the other day I was at the train station and um Obviously, COVID has been really problematic for um, 
people who have OCD and part of their um, compulsions are cleanliness, hand washing. And um, there was a, a family and the uh, mum was que- clearly quite concerned about um, her children touching anything in the railway station, like the, the handrail coming down the steps. Mm-hmm. And the grandmother, oh, I assume it was the grandmother, whoever um, was with them, said, oh, don't keep saying that, you'll give them OCD. Mm-hmm. And it was just like, oh, I really want to go and say, <laughs> actually, um, you know, I guess technically it could be a stress trigger, which does cause OCD, but actually OCD is not just about cleanliness. Um, and that was just one example of, of many. And I think as a person living with OCD, it's really difficult in those moments to speak up and say, actually, you're not really defining this in the correct way Um, because you know OCD is an anxiety disorder and most of us um, you know will feel anxious so going in and saying to someone you're wrong you know in that kind of situation um, you know would be even more problematic so I think that's why this sort of um, you know why generally education pieces podcasts Um, blogs conferences whatever it may be um, are so important because in those moments we can often feel as sufferers that we're powerless to say oh hang on this is this isn't right but the more we can do things like this the more that message can filter down gradually the better things will become absolutely absolutely I think it's incredibly important to to educate um individuals, groups, as many people as possible that so that there's an understanding, um, but also that there's compassion um, versus this idea that they're going to see someone that they've seen like in the movies, you know, that um, is washing their hands 5,000 times and flipping the lights. And and that's that then they're going to know that that person has OCD where there's there's no compassion for, as you have stated, the struggle is is mental. It's in, it's internal um, for you. And so there's no under there's no clear understanding. There's one picture of what this is. And it's so much bigger. Um, and you mentioned four types of OCD. Are you um, comfortable with kind of educating us a little bit on the four types of, of OCD? Um, yes. So, I mean, there, there are many, many types of, of OCD, um, I should just say. So there are, I'm not even sure how many there are in total, but the, the sort of types that have affected me um, have been obviously the, the sort of um, the physical checking, um, often rumination, uh, with the yeah the, the type I mentioned previously mm-hmm. so sort of all of the mental checking um, I mean there are all sorts of things that people experience so intrusive thoughts generally um, w- which cause the OCD can come yeah from so many places and I will say I'm I'm not an expert on this entirely so yeah. um you know it it's great if people can go and, and read up about these separately but just some of the ones that come to my mind um intrusive thoughts can um as i mentioned earlier they can feature religion they can be blasphemous thoughts which is a particular struggle um for those of us with faith there can be um sexually taboo thoughts um there can be thoughts of harm so thoughts that you might harm yourself or another person um just trying to think of all of the other types there are so many Jamie so many um (laughs) absolutely and you don't have to name them all just kind of where you um just the things that as you're doing what you recall or have experienced um or are familiar with trust me I don't want to put you on the spot even as a therapist (laughs) I have to I have to go through the book and like wait a minute this sounds like, <laughs> let me find <laughs> which one this is. So yes, absolutely. Um, yeah. But, um, you, you did mention um, the ones that are focused on religion, which yes. 
it's particularly difficult for uh, those of us that, um, you know, are people of faith. And so your blog is called Faith, Me, and OCD. And yeah. so tell me a little bit about um, that faith journey, um, one that um, has been kind of a struggle with OCD, but how that evolved into a blog. Sure. Um, I should have said before as well, um, Jamie, sorry, just going back to the previous question that all of these intrusive thoughts, they're usually the things which are most against our character. So these are obviously unwanted thoughts. And um, that's why they're some of these larger topics like, um, you know, religion, like sexuality, um, harm. Um, so I just wanted to, to say that yes. as well before going on to, on to my my blog so um this really came about because I felt that particularly with some of these taboo topics it's really difficult to talk about them and as a person of faith I felt as if um you know I was just this awful person because I was having these unwanted intrusive thoughts but I thought it must mean I, I am this terrible person and it goes against all of my values, all of the things that I've grown up with as a person of faith. Um, I should just say I've I've been a Christian. Um, well, <laughs> yeah, so I've been going to church since for as long as I can remember. So um, but actually the OCD did cause me to partially have some distance from God um mm -hmm. I think because of the fear of you know I am this terrible person I'm not worthy of the love of God mm -hmm. um and so having gone through my treatments which involve medication um, and, and therapy as as I think I mentioned before um I started to come back to my faith and actually last year I went on a prayer retreat and um, it was an online retreat. It was kind of a retreat in working life. Mm -hmm. And my guide, I was really fortunate. He kept reiterating to me and saying, God loves you. You know, God loves you. God knows what you're going through. Mm -hmm. God loves you. It's, it's okay. Um, and I think for so long, I'd focused on the sort of fear element of I'm, I must be this terrible person. I'm thinking these things. These are going against my religion. I, I, I can't therefore be a Christian. But actually what I wasn't focusing on was the, you know, the message of love, which is in the Bible and, you know, that really was a turning point for me, I think, because I realised that, OK, well, first of all, these thoughts are, you know, these are things I don't want to think. These are this is a mental health condition. Um, and secondly, it was, OK, well, actually, God is love. And so I, you know, can have this relationship with God again. And actually, in those times where I was really ill, often it God was the only person I could call out to I mean God was the only one who was there who I could talk to um and who I knew would understand um and so when I came to write my blog I found there were lots of um there's loads of great resources about OCD and um, obviously loads of different blogs but I wanted a space for Christians to be able to, um, yeah, to sort of know that they weren't alone and having gone what I'd been through of that feeling, I'm not worthy of God's love. I can't be a very good Christian. I'm, you know, um, a sinner, which, you know, we, <laughs> yeah, it, we all are, but, yeah. um, you know, every, no one's perfect. Um, but, it was it was just having that space where people could um you know could share their thoughts and I could really give some hope as well I think um you know often in my posts I include some um scripture verses 
And just to reiterate my point or to, or to give some hope so that people know they're not alone. And that's really how the blog um, came about. It was because I felt, you know, God was calling me to share my experience as painful and as difficult as it had been. Um, you know, and there were times I doubted. I was like, you know, do I really want to put all of this out there on the on the internet? Um, right. You know, what will people think? Um, but you know, you have to let go and let God at the end of the day, and you have to trust that um, you know if I can help someone else through this blog, then you know that's such a a privilege um just by sharing my experience um and that's really why I started it up I guess just to try and help others and, and to let them know there was a space that if they wanted to talk about their faith um and what's that how that's interacted with their OCD then they can um and just so that they can hear from from my journey really um if it helps in any way Absolutely. I think it's wonderful. And I love your, um, I love your blog. Um, and I often, sometimes I have to get caught up on your, on your blog because of I, you know, life, but I, um, what I do love about it is yes, you do include scripture, but there's, you can, you can hear the, um, desire to, um, make it a safe space, if that makes sense. Um, just the way that you communicate your own story and God's love, it feels, um, I'm very visual. So I mean, it feels like a nest, you know, where, um, you know, mama bird can kind of have those that are, you know, need something, um, but support them in that kind of safety of a nest. And it does feel very, um, very warm in how you, how you talk about your experiences and it's almost um and it's such an invitation to those who are struggling to enter the nest of that safe safe place and um get resources but also not feel like they're by themselves and so i'm definitely going to include the link um for your blog so that um individuals can read and really see what i'm talking about um, and so that they can follow and subscribe, because I think it is, it's a resource that, um, like you said, is different. There's resources that kind of are educational, just talks about this is what, this is what it is, you know, the points, yeah. and this is how you treat it. And, but then the point of view that in the perspective that you come from is this is my life with this. This is how I live with this. And God is, um, walking with me through all of this yeah. and so it's it's just such a very um it's peaceful I don't know how else to describe it but it's just very supportive and peaceful and it feels very warm um and so it is it's a great resource I find it to be a really really great resource for people that don't even have OCD I um and even if you're not in the field like I'm in the field if you know someone who's struggling with OCD, or maybe you don't know because they're not ready to share, but this blog does give insight um, on, on a lot of different topics. And it does, it does sound, um, it brings the father nearer to the situation of that, or us nearer to the, to the father in that, in the dialogue that you have and what you write. And I, and I may not be saying this right, but I'm hoping it's coming, it's coming across clear, that there's just this connection that you make um, in your writing. So I, I applaud that. And I think it is, it's necessary. Um, do you find that your faith, because I remember you saying there were times where, you know, the father is really the only one that you could call on. Um, and so in those moments, does it feel reassuring does it feel is there ever the moment that it doesn't feel like um it's working because I always want to I always want to tie into those who are struggling with connecting um does it ever feel like that I think oh that's such an interesting question I mean there have 
there have been times where um, things have been really difficult and um, just a trigger warning here for suicide for or um, yeah for anyone who um, that might um, be a problem for you know I did get to a point where I wrote a series of notes and I had been you know I had been calling out to God in, in the days before that but I also believe Jamie that God works through people mm-hmm. and I am so fortunate to have a really close friend um, who understands OCD and she had said to me if you ever get to that point you need to call um, the crisis team which is what we have here in in the UK when you're going through a a crisis each uh, county or sort of um, health trust has their own crisis team and so even though in those moments it wasn't necessarily apparent to me that God was there I know that God had worked through my friend um, who I should say actually isn't a she is a person of faith but she's Muslim so she's not Christian but I believe God was working through um, through her and several other people around me um, and working through the crisis team to get me to the point where I am today where I'm in recovery yeah so I think that's something else I would say to people is, you know, sometimes we pray or we cry out and we feel that God isn't listening. Um, I think that's a common theme in the Psalms as well. You see that so often. Yeah. And yet, actually, he is. It might not be that things turn out the way you expect them to but actually God's got a greater plan God obviously knows what's going on and so you know even in those moments when you feel truly alone you are never alone because God is working through people and working in you in so many different ways that you know yeah there's no reason to feel that well I say there's no reason to feel that God isn't there I don't want to diminish anyone's feelings but you know you can feel that way but God is there essentially um, and God is present and God is with you throughout those struggles and through all the difficulties you face um, and yeah as I said earlier you know for so long I was I was afraid or thinking you know oh sort of the the fear of of the Lord but actually God is God is love and you know that's really the the message I want Christians who are living with OCD and actually anyone who who isn't a Christian um, as well is that you know love will bring you through what you're going through um and so yes yeah I, I would say you may feel as if God isn't there, but he completely is. You're not on your journey alone. Yeah, yeah. I love that. And I and I asked that question. I know it's a, a challenging question um, for us as believers, um, but I think the transparency of the journey is what helps others because we, you may be in recovery, but if there's someone who's at that place that's like, I've been struggling with this for years and I feel no relief. I don't feel, um, I don't feel like God hears my prayers or I don't feel like I'm, I'm working through this well, that they're that part of the journey. And, and sometimes, you know, being able to look back and encourage someone to say, I know that it's dark. Um, but if you keep walking and if you keep calling on the father, he's, he's bringing you through that particular season. Um, because we often, we often, you know, talk about the mountaintop experience, Mm -hmm. but it's the valley experience where God is just as present, but we don't hear the same way. Mm -hmm. Um, and so sometimes I think some of us have to, from that mountaintop place, be able to say, Hey, keep coming, keep coming. Yeah. You're gonna, you're gonna come out of that. Um, and so we're able to say that I think we're able to say that so from an authentic place when we're able to say it was not always 
um, rainbows and butterflies, but there were severe dark moments where I wasn't sure. I wasn't sure. And yet still his love saw me through that particular season. Um, and so I thank you for sharing. I know, I know this is a personal journey. Um, but I appreciate your transparency because, um, I don't know. I think, I think when we're in that place of recovery and healing, I was talking to a friend the other day. Um, sometimes you just want to take other people with you. You know, it's like, I don't want to, I don't want you to stay back there. So I want you to hear, um, I want you to hear the good, the bad and the ugly and know that on the other side of the bad and the ugly, there's a season of, of good. There's, you know, there's not perfection. Um, but it does get better. And so I thank you for sharing that because that's not, um, that's not easy uh, to talk about. Um, I do think that, um, and I, again, I, I love your, your spirit and your enthusiasm for like loving people. Cause I, I can tell that that, that is there. Um, there was another question um, about, you know, your faith and, and OCD. Um, and I think you kind of touched on it, but it was there ever a time where, because I've heard this from, from others too, mm-hmm. um, where they say, well, you know, God, why wouldn't you just heal me from this? Uh, why wouldn't you just stop this? You know, if it's such a struggle for me, why can't you just take this away? Um, that's common. I think I, I hear it in sessions and I'm often thinking, well, I can't answer that. <laughs> Um, but but it happens all the time I'm like God is great he's he loves um but I don't have that answer (laughs) do you have has that ever you know crossed your mind um too with your on your journey I think it, it has it's hard now looking back because I'm in such a relatively positive place um but I would say, you know, we look at the story of Job and, you know, everything that that Job went through and, you know, there's that sort of why is this happening to me? And, and yeah, sort of why, why won't you take um, this from me? And obviously we have that in the scripture with with Jesus as well, saying that, don't we? You know, yes. um, you know, take this cup from me, um, you know, and so it's a really powerful and I think a, a sort of natural and a human emotion to say you have this power God why why won't you just take this from me but I mean it's wow I mean the question of suffering is such a huge question yes. that people have tra- wrestled with for you know centuries but I think just coming from my personal experience looking back now I actually believe you know I went through all of this so that I could, you know, start my blog and and help others who were going through the same thing um, and give them, you know, some hope and and give them, um, you know, that peace. um, Well, or or at least direct them to that peace that comes only from God. Um, And so I do feel... I'm not sure if I ever felt, God, why won't you just take this from me? Mm -hmm. But I did feel sort of, why is this happening to me? Um, And I, as I said, I think both of those are really, you know, valid and and natural human responses to suffering. Um, And yeah, I I really do believe that, as you said, God is great. There is always a, a bigger plan that, than we can even imagine as human beings you know it's you know mystery to us but you know ultimately it's part of something bigger and and as I said for me I feel at at this point in time at least that that something bigger was being able to to share my story so that people know that that they aren't alone and I feel that that is actually a really privileged um position to be in as difficult as it can be to share that that story sometimes um yeah you know I've had people share their own stories with me in return and that is such an honor and a privilege and you know if I can just make one tiny tiny bit of difference then 
you know that makes me immensely happy um and I believe that is what God um is is helping me to do and I also think from a sort of personal perspective actually going on this journey has helped me to heal so many other things Mm. that I feel it's been almost like a wake-up call from God that my most recent crisis was um last September mm-hmm. and I feel um well I say last September I had two crises within the space of two weeks so that was a particularly difficult period but I feel it was God's wake-up call saying come on Sarah um you know let's you know come closer let's mm-hmm. heal this and let's have you know the life and the abundance that you know you are supposed to have and so I feel that in the bigger picture as well that this whole journey I feel so much more at peace now I can't even describe and you know have such a you know a a more prayerful life Mm. um and so yeah I think that's probably the yeah it's difficult but there is a positive reason for it. Absolutely. Absolutely. I love that. I love that. Cause I think that's absolutely true. Um, that there is, you know, there's, he uses everything. He, yeah. you know, he uses everything. There's nothing wasted. Um, and so to be able to use your experience, um, to help others, but then also it has opened the door to greater healing for you, I think is amazing. Yeah. It's amazing. Um, and so I, I'm, we're coming to the end. I want to, um, I do want to ask kind of, I guess, two, two sides of the same point. Um, what would you say to um, individuals that are newly diagnosed that are trying to figure out, okay, what is this life going to be like? How do I live um, with this? And then also, how do we support those who have been diagnosed with OCD? Mm. Really good questions, Jamie. So I would say from my personal experience, anyone who's sort of newly diagnosed, please, please do get professional treatment first and foremost. Um, I'm a big believer in prayer, but I also believe, as I said earlier, that God works through humans through others and so please do seek professional um mental health support um medication if necessary for OCD ERP is usually I believe the the therapy which is um, most effective um but again speak to a, a mental health professional about that um and just so, as you begin that journey take it one step at a time um you know we wish we had a magic wand or as we said earlier we wish god would just take it away but actually it's going to take time to get yourself to a place where um you know you're feeling more like yourself again um Mm -hmm. remember that you know having a mental health illness does not make you weak it does not make you a bad person or any of those things you know that unfortunately society may have told you or someone close to you may have told you in the past um, that actually, you know, it takes a lot of strength to go through a journey such as this. Mm -hmm. Um, And also, as I said earlier, to to know that you're not alone. There are people out there who want to support. God is walking with you all the time. Um, And also, I think just to sort of for people who are newly diagnosed to end with the point that you can recover I think it's really important when you're first at diagnosis and you're poorly and you've probably managed this for years. You know, most people with OCD manage for years without getting a diagnosis because these intrusive thoughts are so taboo and things that they feel they can't talk about at all. Um, So just to say that, you know, you may have held all of this pain for so many years, but there is a light at the end of the tunnel and, you know, take it step by step and you will get there. And again, you know, nothing's ever going to be perfect. You know, there are ups and downs on the journey, Um, but you can get to a place where you enjoy your life again and where the OCD is, you know, 
just a mild annoyance. It's a secondary thing rather than the, um, you know, the the sort of thing which dictates your life. Um, With regards to the second part of the question, so for people who are supporting those who are newly diagnosed, um, first and foremost, just be there. When I was struggling, people were saying, what can I do? What can I do to help? And often... um, my parents you know I thank God for them but they would be doing all the practical things like around the house mm-hmm. but which was great but it was the, the thing they could you know that was the only thing they could think of doing to help me and actually just having someone sit with you um I think is really important um it's really hard for loved ones as well because part of my um checking compulsion is reassurance seeking Mm. so I will say um so when I was ill last year um I was thinking that I had done something terrible in the past so I would keep saying to my fiance but this didn't really happen did it but this didn't really happen or what does this mean and so as a loved one you can be there thinking right I need to reassure them but actually that perpetuates the cycle. So that isn't helpful. It's better to try and change the subject as unnatural and as difficult as that feels. I would say if you can not reassure where possible, that is going to help people in the long run. Um, Yes, please do make sure that your, um, you know, your loved one seeks um, professional treatment, mental health treatment, support, um, and obviously pray for them um and I think as well just support them step by step don't expect too much from them don't expect that this is going to be an overnight process because it really isn't um Mm. but you know just be there as, as you would for any loved one whether they had a mental health condition or not be there for them on the days when things aren't so good because regardless of our mental health, we all have good days, bad days, days when things really don't go as planned. And we're there to support our loved ones. Um, it's the same with an OCD diagnosis, you know, just let them know they're there. And what helped for me as well. Sorry, one final point, Jamie, so I don't really get out of time. Um, one final point is for me, um, when I was really poorly, I essentially forgot who I was because I was just believing I was this awful person that the OCD was telling me I was because I had these really horrible, um, unwanted, intrusive thoughts. And so, oh, I mean, I thought I was also think of the most terrible things you can think a person to be. That's actually what I thought about myself. Um, something my fiance did was wrote me a list of all the people who loved me. Mm. and reminded me of all the things I had you know done for people over the years all of the friendships I had had all the the lovely family memories and that really helped me to bring me back to myself a bit and to think actually I'm not who the OCD is telling me I am this terrible thing didn't happen or these terrible things aren't going to happen it's you know my mind's way of trying to control things in a really strange way um but actually I'm still me um and I think for people with OCD often you feel like you know one of the things people say is I'm I'm going crazy I'm going crazy and actually just keep in mind that you are still you and if you have a loved one who can remind you of all the things that you are and all the things that you are to other people, um, and all the things that God loves about you as well. Yes. And that is going to help you on your journey. Um, and, and you know, again, just to sort of as a final point, say you can recover, it is possible, and um, you can live the life that, you know, you were meant to live so yeah please please keep that hope in your heart um it won't be this way forever I love that I love that that's a perfect way to bring this um all together um I know that you can you know those that are listening that may 
um, be struggling with OCD or living with OCD that may be wondering if they're diagnosed, if they have OCD um, or you're supporting someone with OCD, there are resources available. Please seek um, professional treatment, as Sarah is saying. Um, you can look for resources on the International OCD Foundation website. Um, but also, Sarah, if you can let the audience know where to find your blog, that would be great. Or where yes. to connect with you. <laughs> Absolutely. So um, I am on Instagram. Um, and so my handle on Instagram is faithme and OCD. And then um, my blog is faithmeocd.wordpress.com. So without the and in um, in the URL. Um, but yes, if you go to my Instagram, then you will be able to see a link on my profile to my latest blog post. Um, and yes, there are some resources there just for anyone in the UK, if I can mention as well, yes. Jamie, um, some of the sites which have helped me, um, OCD Action, OCD UK and the Mind website, all three of those were really helpful. And actually, I think they would probably be useful wherever you are in, in the world, but they obviously have a UK focus. Um, okay. So yes, just to mention those as well for, for anyone who's struggling. And I also have an email address, which is faithmeandocd at gmail.com. So if anyone wanted to email, um, whether that's to share their story or ask me to pray for them, um, you know, I'm more than happy to interact with people on email as well. Absolutely. Wonderful, wonderful. Thank you so much for being now a part of the Faith, Love and Therapy uh, podcast family. Uh, I think this has been um, one of my favorite episodes. I, my episode, the, the conversations with people that are living with a diagnosis and can pour into others are extremely um, exciting for me. And I love that you have taken the time this morning. Um, well, it's, not, it's morning for me. It's not morning for you. <laughs> <laughs> but that you take the time to be with us um here on faith love and therapy and i hope at some point i will be able to talk with you again a little bit more if that's okay with you absolutely and um yeah just a huge thank you again for giving me this opportunity i've never done a podcast before so um you know, right. <laughs> thank you um so yes um as i said if anyone wants to connect they can but i'm more than happy to talk again and um yes just to to anyone who's struggling just remember you're not alone and um yeah god bless you all Yes. Thank you. And everyone, thank you for listening for an, to another episode of Faith, Love and Therapy. I will see you next time. Bye.